On today's show, we'll break down the latest Leafs news for you, including a mini-update on Timothy Lilligren, an update on where the NHL salary cap is going, and we'll play a little bit of cosign, no sign as well today, Dave. So we'll chat about all that and more on today's edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leaves podcast, a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Could be a good opportunity, too, for people looking for some Christmas gifts to uh, maybe go onto the game time app and get some, some tickets whether it's to, you know, the Leafs or perhaps, you know, the Marlies or some PWHL tickets. You saw that the tickets have gone on sale for them. The Toronto team, they're still not going with nicknames yet. Or did they figure that out? I do not think they are going with nicknames yet. No. Would be nice to have some nicknames, but you know, considering they don't have the branding yet on the jerseys, probably best to wait until you actually are going to have the names on the jerseys. Well, it's like going to be year two, I guess, because year one they already announced like they're dropping the puck at the they've already started training camps and they're dropping the puck to start things off January 1st. Toronto's playing, uh, I think Boston, I believe, was is the inaugural game of the PWHL league. I believe that's what I saw. Toronto for sure is playing. It's at the Matami. So it is. It's very, uh, very close to my heart. I I went to school at well at the time it was Ryerson Toronto Metropolitan University. Saw mm-hmm. quite a few uh, hockey games in that barn. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, all right, let's get to some Leafs news and notes. There was no practice on Monday, so nothing. All too new to report here, uh, but Martin Jones uh, will remain with the team as Ilya Samsonov continues to fight off an illness. Apparently, Will Lagasin also uh, was sick in yesterday's practice, uh, so he didn't he missed practice on Sunday as well. But the Leafs don't play until Thursday when they're in Ottawa, so still some time for those guys to uh, to recover and be part of uh, be part of the Leafs contingent that goes out to Ottawa. We got a mini update on Timothy Lilligren today. And look, Lilligren is, boy, does, do the Leafs ever need this guy to come back. Because, I mean, he was playing some decent hockey before he got injured, before, you know, the unfortunate play with Brad Marchand uh, occurred about a month ago. Um, he It would be nice to, to put him back into this team's lineup, put him on the top four. Maybe you can allow... Uh, McCabe to swap back over to the left side to his, you know, his more comfortable side. He can try and have a formidable top four again. Uh, the update here, Dave, uh, he was seen skating with some staff after practice on Monday. And when Keith was asked about his recovery, he said no set timeline other than to say that the Leafs medical staff is really happy with how he has progressed. He has felt good on the ice and he has been able to do a lot more in the early going here than they perhaps anticipated. So that's very encouraging. So uh, hopefully that means that we'll get to see Lilligren 
on the ice sooner rather than later. Yeah, they, they need it, right? It not not even just for the fact that Giordano is out, but just that, that right side has been a bit of a sore spot pretty much since the start of the year. They haven't had, and they, they likely won't have for a while, the full contingency of right-hand shots or right-handed defensive that they had pretty much expected to go with to start the year. And yeah, as you said, like he's, you know, he's proven to be a pretty quality defenseman for them. That's always good to have have back. And it'll push guys lower into the lower in the lineup that frankly are playing more than they should be. Yeah. So and especially on the penalty kill, that's where it'll also help as well to get him back. They need yeah. that. they need guys like that on the back on the penalty kill. Well, because, yeah, now you're, you're missing not only Lilligran, but also Giordano. So you've got, you know, Lagson stepping up on, on the penalty kill. Benoit's gotten some PK time. So, you know, these guys who you you anticipated being extras in your lineup, extras, you know, down in the Marlies perhaps where they started the year. Uh, now they've kind of, you know, been integral parts here. Blue line for the last uh, couple of weeks here, especially with the injury to Mark Giordano. Um, he, by the way, sounds like it could be a four week timeline for that broken finger. I think I saw a report from Kevin weeks about that. So, you know, you're, you're probably looking at, uh, the new year for, uh, Giordano, and then hopefully you can get Lilligren before that. It is encouraging to see him, uh, skating, obviously, uh, that's, that's definitely a good sign. Uh, there's a lot going on in the NHL. The board of governors meetings, uh, is ongoing right now in the national hockey league. I think they're out in, um, Seattle, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. which uh, if you're a reporter, you gotta be pissed. You know, typically these things are in like Boca Raton and they're in nice warm climates. I mean, Seattle's probably decent. Like it's not snowing, but it ain't no South Florida. I could tell you that. So I'm sure reporters are like, come on, Gary, do we really gotta cut a Seattle for this, uh, but we do have some, you know, some newsy tidbits that are coming out of the Board of Governors meeting, including what the projected salary cap will be for next season in the National Hockey League. So let's come back. Let's get into what that number is and what that means for the Maple Leafs moving forward. And then we'll play some cosign, no sign as well. So fun show lined up for the rest of this one. Don't go anywhere. Uh, but first, before we continue, I do want to tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and it is our good friends over at Indeed. Yes, today's show is brought to you by Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. We can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed, suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match Assessments and Virtual Interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Candidates you apply to you invite to apply through match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates you only see it on search according to US Indeed data. Indeed does the hard work for you. Sponsor job and boom. Instant match shows you candidates whose resume on Indeed fight fit your job description immediately after you post. With Indeed Instant Match, you can start hiring fast. So join over three million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. 
Visit Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring now. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DeStefano and Dave Morissuti. We are hosts here at Locked On Leafs, a daily Maple Leafs Center podcast. We got new episodes coming out each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. Uh, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts and also up on YouTube as well. We'd ask if you enjoy what you're listening to and you're new to the program. Firstly, thanks for giving us a shot. And second of all, uh, subscribe. We like I said, we got new content coming out daily. So if you want to. Be locked into what's going on with the Maple Leafs. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked On Leafs podcast. And eh, if you're an everydayer, welcome back. Thank you, as always, for uh, kicking with us for uh, the next uh, 30 minutes or so. Um, boy, uh, yeah, so the NHL Board of Governor meetings ongoing currently uh, in Seattle. The big news that has come out, though, is the cap uh projection and we had heard before that obviously the cap is expected to make you know its first big leap since the pandemic this year and it appears that the nhl is still uh on um on target for that to happen uh according to gary bettman the cap is expected to grow to (laughs) roughly 87 million six hundred seventy five thousand so 87.675 million roughly roughly yeah what a rough guess on that one gary yeah yeah roughly 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 um literally down to the the five thousand mark there but anywho uh, so that would be an increase of 4.175 million from this season um i mean if there's a team that could definitely use an extra four plus million dollars it's the toronto maple Leafs, isn't it dave Yep, yeah, when everyone's talking about like how they're gonna fit William Nylander's next contract, how they're gonna do the things they need to do, they're banking on that five percent raise in the salary cap to do it because it's been every year going up one million, one million, which is pretty much like a flat cap in a lot of ways, right? With how the last few years have gone. This is how this is what they were probably forecasting many years ago. When Vegas had joined the te- when Vegas joined the league and that revenue that the league got from the expansion fee, then you had Seattle come in. That's where the big cap jump was supposed to happen, and then COVID happened. It's like, well, bye bye revenue. Hello, yeah. NHL players it, it, needing to borrow money, basically having a debt to the owners that yeah. they've had to be paying off for the last three three years, and that's now all officially. I think at this point now it's all officially squared off. So yep. cap is going up. This is what they've been. This is what the lease had projected a few years ago. And it's now finally happening, which is so upsetting because when you think back to, you know, when Kyle Dubas made the big move to sign the big four, right? It was with the expectation of the cap reaching 87 million much sooner than it did. Right. Like, you look at all the players that Toronto's had to just let go over the years because they simply just could not afford them. Uh, you know, Zach Hyman comes to to mind, obviously. If if the cap would have increased the way it was supposed to, 
Maybe they get a deal done with Zach Hyman to to re- remain here. You know, Ilya Mikheyev is having a, a pretty solid season out in Vancouver. Another kind of cap casualty that ended up having to to leave the city um, just because they simply just could not afford him. Obviously, you look at what happened this past summer with Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Shen. You know, tons of players who just had to kind of jump ship because there just wasn't any money for them, mm-hmm. uh, or they decided to go a different direction for a, a couple of these guys at least. Uh, but no, next year going up about four million. That said, keep in mind that Matthews extension does kick in, which which uh, it's one point nine million extra. Uh, taking a look right now, the Maple Leafs have eleven players uh, under uh, one way deals, and that takes up fifty three of the eighty seven million. So that means there's what quick maths thirty four ish million dollars left uh for the maple leafs and that's what they're gonna have to use to to try and lock everyone up and also keep make sure that they have money allocated for marner and tavares and you know all those players but um a couple notable ufas dave that they will have to lock up that 34 million obviously william nylander tyler bertuzzi domi's a ufa uh, Brody's a UFA. They've got Samsonov as a UFA. Uh, Timothy Lilligrid and Nick Robertson to RFAs as well. So some of that money's going to have to go to to those players. Uh, Max Domi, uh, can't remember if I said him or not, and Bob McMahon also uh, UFAs. So there's some guys that they got to sign, but there's also going to be some money available for them to spend uh, in free agency. And like we're all hoping that they can spend big on on the blue line in particular. Yeah, I mean, that's the area that's going to have the most, the biggest question mark, right? Because, yeah, it's good that you have Matthews, Marner, Tavares, hopefully Nylander signed. But that's never really been the worry, right? It's about how do you fill the rest of that roster? And I've been I've been worried about this Blue Lions future when you see what they have signed past this year. It's, that's That's a lot of heavy lifting. Now, it also gives you a chance to kind of reinvent the blue line a little bit there, which, you know, in some ways can be exciting, but it's also, that's a lot, that's a lot of moving pieces, and that's not easy to have that much turnover on a blue line. Now, the least blue line has gone through a remake ever since Kyle Dubas took over and guys were shipped out, people were brought in. Every year, it seems to, yeah. it seems to have some sort of turnover. Like this might have been one of the few years where there wasn't as much turnover. Yeah. Consider right how much well, Klingberg was supposed to be, you know, in the top four. That yeah. that was like a new piece, but then, you know, the the injury caused him exactly. to fall out of it. Right. So for for, I I would say like, that's the one thing is like it's not cheap to to get a blue line put together, right? Every time we looked at a defenseman, the Leafs should target a free agency. Not only did they go for more in terms of salary than we expected, also the term was the other thing too, right? Now that there's a little more clarity in knowing that the salary cap is rising and should rise for the next few years, you can maybe feel a little more comfortable give, going a little bit longer with some of those deals if it means you get the guy that you want on the blue line. Yeah. Perhaps that uh, that could be the case. So uh, it's it's a good thing. Obviously, means that things are going well with the league and for business and you know the uh, the the league's economy. I guess the fact that the players completely paid out their their escrow debts and and this allows the league to kind of 
you know, get back on track to where they were. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, these projections can remain throughout the rest of the season. And, you know, we get the the official uh, cap, I suppose, at the next Board of Governors meeting, which usually takes place in the springtime. So uh, hopefully that answer will uh, will come there. All right, let's take uh, – was there anything else that uh, you thought was notable from the Board of Governors meetings? Um, I know, like, I was reading, like, they're looking into just different like, – like, expansion is still kind of lingering. Personally, I think expansion should only be considered going forward if everything with your other clubs is fine. And there's one team that still remains the biggest cloud over everything, like – the Arizona Coyotes, I can't see the league expanding to another team if that if that club has got no arena and no future set, proper future set in Arizona. They, how much money, how much revenue they have lost as a league by that team playing out of a college arena. You know how you make up that revenue? By allowing another team to come into the league. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Sadly... Right, like however much, what, however much money that that Arizona's losing, um, I mean, honestly, I think they're probably saving money. To be quite honestly, like I don't know if they were getting more than five thousand people in in their arena when they were in Tempe, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think that, like, I'm with you. I don't want to see any more expansion, at least for a little bit here. I, I think 32 teams is is probably a, a good mark. You've got it evened up. You got 16 per per conference. You've got eight teams per division. Mm-hmm. I think the numbers are just they're they're working right now. I don't think you want to add a 33rd team or or maybe you add two for 34 teams to make it even. But like I just I would prefer not to. Um, but yeah, apparently it's it's on the table and it's it's the usual suspects that are apparently still, you know, kicking tires with the league to try and bring a team there. It's, it's, it's Houston. It's Quebec city. Apparently Atlanta wants a team again. Salt Lake city. Who Salt Lake city, Salt Lake city also yet yeah, where the 2002 Olympics were for sure. They're looking to, to, to get a team as well. So, you know, there's enough, there's enough teams out there and I'm sure enough business owners who are, who would love to bankroll a team, but does does the league really need it? I mean, there's already not enough good goalies out there. Imagine you have to now add two more teams. I I don't know. There there's there's some good and some bad to to expansion and and thinning out the league. I don't know if that's the the best thing, especially at the goaltending position where teams are already kind of still searching for for some good goalies. Uh, all right, I think that's about it. I think yep. that was pretty well the, the the main things that they were talking about, you know, Olympics still on the docket to discuss, you know, players want to go to the Olympics, but how are they going to make it happen? So that's still on the docket to discuss this week as well. All right, we'll take a, one more break. When we come back, let's play some cosine, no sign, Dave. Uh, but before we get into it, let me tell you all about one of today's show sponsors. It's our good friends over at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, abuse your receipt, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And hey, 
Perfect time around the holidays to get yourself some tickets for a loved one or family member. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. It's got all in pricing, so it shows your total up front, so you're never going to get hit with those hidden fees. You can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up until the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute deals. You can find exclusive flash deals as well on sponsored tickets. And with zone deals, you pick the section. Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed welcome back to the locked on at leaves podcast it's mike DeStefano and dave morasuti uh this is your tuesday edition of the locked on leaves pod and uh some we're recording this actually it's past midnight on tuesday so we're recording on a tuesday it's late uh but recording this as now pretty well most of the games are going final uh just a couple of minutes left in that vegas and st louis game but there's one in particular that I wanted to discuss. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, after getting dusted 8-1 to one over the weekend uh, over Dallas, everyone talking about them. They had lost like three or four in a row, and they did not look good. Vasilevsky really struggled in those games. He just went and shut out Dallas 4 nothing. So I think he's okay. Yeah, like, like question the Tampa Bay Lightning at your own peril. Like, this is a veteran team john cooper has called them out many times in the past they always find a way to get whether into the playoff picture at this point or at the end of the year we're we're seeing the Tampa bay lightning in the playoffs so it's just too much talent too much like that that group's been there done that many times before you can't a lot like the vasilevsky injury was the only only time we're like oh maybe maybe there's a slight chance and then it's like no no they're they're, they're most likely going to be a playoff team again Kucherov's just going to lead the Art Ross race while he's gone and keep this team afloat and that's basically what he did yeah like, they just outscored their problems which is you know that's that's what they're going to probably do the rest of the way too even if Vasilevsky doesn't return to form for for a little bit as he comes back from that injury uh one other notable game though Arizona six nothing over Washington They've won five in a row against the last five Stanley Cup champions. How about that for a stat? Their last five games have all been against the past five Stanley Cup champions, and they've won all five. They've won all five, and as you just mentioned, they dusted some teams. They shut out the Vegas Golden Knights. Yep, shut out the Golden Knights. This Connor Ingram kid is playing some stellar goaltending right now for the Yotes. Uh, I remember when he was in Nashville, he had that one game, that one game against Colorado where he had like six goals saved above expected. Uh, he ended up losing two, one in overtime, I believe uh, in, in a playoff round against uh, Colorado the year that they won the cup, but that's kind of when he was put on my radar. And it's good to see that he's, you know, a couple of years later finding that success um, in the NHL. So, uh, good to see that. Michael Carcone. I don't know if you've been watching what this guy's been doing. 
former Maple Leaf slash Marley. I don't think he actually played a game for the Leafs. He was just with no. the Marlies. He was the return for Josh Levo when they traded him to Vancouver. This guy's got 12 goals on the year, averaging like 10 minutes a night. 12 goals. It's as many goals as William Nylander, Dave. It is. Um, I, I always say, okay, he's got that many goals. What's his shooting percentage at? Oh, it, it's yeah, probably five percent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely <laughs> sustainable. He's I mean, good. Good on him because, yeah, like he's he, 12, 12 goals and three assists. Like that's just that's just a crazy stat line there. But yeah, like people, I think I think they were saying like he was at a forty-two goal pace. Something like that. I'm just like, yeah, that's that's sustainable. But it's a fun storyline right now. That Arizona storyline is, you know, they're they're in the wild card hey, spot. Hey, they might be a team to watch, man. They're young, they're spunky, they're getting good goaltending, they're getting some secondary scoring, apparently. Or he's their leading scorer, actually. Um that's uh, it's an interesting team down there, Mullet Arena. That's that's for sure. Maybe tomorrow on the show we could do like, you know, a Leafs look around, taking a peek around the league at how the uh, former Maple Leafs are doing this season. Uh, just you know, as a, a, an exercise that'll probably make us cry. Uh, but let's get to today's exercise. Uh, it's cosine no sign. Uh, if you're new to the show and you haven't uh, heard us play this before, it's quite easy. We're each going to make a statement to each other. If we agree with it, we're going to co-sign the statement. If we disagree with it, we're going to no-sign the statement. We both got one Leafs-related and one league-related. Dave, why don't you start things off with your Leafs-related statement, please? With my Leafs-related statement? All right, here we go. Uh, the Leafs should not panic and trade for a defenseman right now. Oh, I'm going to no-sign. No-sign. I, I think they got to make a move. I mean, the sooner the better. Right. Like why, why bother waiting? Right. Like, you know, you're going to add a defenseman. It's not like you're sitting here thinking, well, maybe, you know, player X can perform better than mm -hmm. he's playing. No, you know, you're adding a defenseman. So why wait? And if these players are available, uh, go make the deal. I guess that's the only thing is maybe you want to wait for more guys to become available. I suppose that is an argument that you can make. But if the guy or a player who you're interested in is on the market, a.k.a. Chris Tanev, who we've heard for the last you know week, there's interest there. They tried to acquire him before, and I think they could still make that attempt. Um, yeah, I, I don't see why he'd wait. Try and get that done now, get him acclimated to the team, and figure out after that, okay, do we still need to make a move, or, or are we good now? Are we settled on the back end? So, like, the two things, like, I've been listening to, I mean, quite a few podcasts the last couple of days, and everyone's talking about, you know, with the leads being so bagged up, they got to make a move now for defensemen. And that's such a tough position for a general manager to be in because his negotiating power is, like, next. It's really tough to go to a team like, all right, we're, we need a defenseman. This is a guy we're considering. The team's like, well, this is what we're looking for. Brad Children could be like, well, it's a little ludicrous, and the team's like, "Well, you need a defenseman, man. Like, you can You're the one coming to us. Like, that's that's where I kind of maybe panic isn't the right move, but like, don't feel like you have to rush to get a defenseman. Don't get yeah, no, like yeah. you're right. I mean, I I don't think they need to overpay because they're in such panic mode. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you could hear it. There is something going on outside my 
outside my window. Can you hear that or no? I can't, but now you got me worried. Like, is okay. someone trying to get in there? No, I think there's like just some street cleaners. I think they're cleaning the the the, the street car or something, and it's just really loud. So I wasn't sure if it was getting picked up. Anyways, we could move right past that. Um, yeah, like I, I I agree with you to to an extent where for sure I don't think that you need to panic. Where it's like I will pay whatever. I just need to get a blue liner in there now. I'm more so like okay, if there's a deal that makes sense. Do it. I'll make it as opposed to waiting to like the deadline. Yeah, I I don't want this to be like waiting until the trade deadline to get it done because what I liked about what Vancouver did with Zadorov is they got him and yep. he he's there. They're maximize, especially if he's a rental. You maximize your return because you've got him for so long. Yeah. The issue I've always had with certain rentals that you go and get at the deadline is you have to wait. Or it's like, well, in the Leafs case, when they got Felina, I remember like they had to wait for him. He got here, he wasn't fully healthy and things well, like that. Yeah. Like, you're you got such a short window, right? And when the Leafs made all those trades at last year's deadline, as fun as they were, it's almost like we got a lot of guys we got to get up to speed here and like little to no time to do it. Put yourself in the best position to get it done earlier. Like Kyle Dubas used to do that a lot. When he made the Jack Campbell trade, when he made the Jake Muzzin trade, big January trade guy, right? And I think that's like it would be nice to get that deal done sooner rather than later. But we're also coming close to the holiday roster freeze, mm-hmm. where teams can't even make a move even if even if they wanted to, right? Right. So that's the other thing you have they have to consider as well. Yeah, um, it is going to be interesting because for the last few years we've and you just noted it like we've started to pick up on tendencies that uh, on how the Maple Leafs were operating, you know, and Kyle Dubas. Okay, he liked to get ahead of the game when it came to the trade deadline. So you're always were waiting for him to make that early move. Still got to figure out, you know, how Brad True Living uh, is, you know, when it comes to how he wants to manage this team, right? So it'll be interesting to see how different he navigates the trade uh, the trade market than how we saw Kyle Dubas do it. Um, Your turn. My turn. Uh, only having five regulation wins at this point in the season is worrisome. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not like bent out of shape about it because like they it's not like they lost a bunch of those games like to me it, it is worrisome in that they're at five and where they are i think they're like second last in the nhl that would be the worrisome part for me is that they're so far and away from the other teams in the league but i think the mantra for this team has been especially the last few weeks with all the injuries they've had is just get the two points but eventually, like I, I talked about, you know, this team eventually start has to have that instinct of we're going to third period with the lead. There's no way we're losing this game, right? They got to start with that mentality a little bit here. It's the missed opportunities that went to overtime that really annoy me more, like the Chicago one, the Seattle one. Those ones should have been regulation wins. So yeah. that's like. There's at least two right there. The Minnesota game, that should have been, again, I never have gone to overtime when you consider what Minnesota is. So, 
I do think I do think that's the that's the worrisome part is the teams they have gone to overtime against. Like I'll take the Bruins in overtime because that's a really good team going up against. It's more so the teams they have gone to overtime against and why they've gone to overtime. Okay, I will uh, say cosine because it is worrisome. I'm not like full out like how people have been throwing that all over the place. Right. And it's it's not a good stat to look at, especially when you're looking at the standings. Who has more regulation wins, the Maple Leafs or the San Jose Sharks? I do think the Sharks, I think I think the Sharks have more. The Sharks have six, the Maple Leafs have five. Who has more regulation wins? The Toronto Maple Leafs or the Columbus Blue Jackets? The Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets. They have There's only seven. one other team that, that has fewer. It's false as of tonight. Oh, the right. Maple Leafs are in a four-way tie for last place with just five regulation wins. Tonight, regulation, didn't they? Yes, they did. With the Montreal Canadiens, the Seattle Kraken, and the Chicago Blackhawks. Montreal won. Uh, was it three, three, two, four, two, something like that? Uh, uh, didn't they shut out Seattle? I don't think it was a shot out. at it. I think Seattle, Seattle got shot out by Ottawa, not Montreal. Four Montreal. two, four two, four two. Yeah. yeah, they almost gave it away because I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they were up three nothing, and then uh, yeah, then it was three two, and then look at that. Josh Anderson scored his first goal in like 30 games uh, as an empty netter. Real easy goal for him, but I'm sure that felt good. But yeah, it's so that's does does that change anything for you? The fact that the Maple Leafs technically are last. When it comes to regulation wins. Well, the only thing is, too, is other than Ottawa, like the Leafs haven't played, like they've only played 22 games. Teams are like 24, 25, 26. So, like, it's very easily a couple of regulation wins there, and the Leafs are a little bit higher up on that. But yeah, I would like this team to be at double digits, like every other top team. Right. So, So I I got a couple of stats. I had a couple of stats for you when it comes to these. Uh, these wins <clears throat> or just these overtime games. So I went back and I looked to, to go and see how many of them were blown leads and how many of them were comeback wins. Do you think the Leafs had more blown leads or comebacks to get to not wins, but blown leads or comebacks to get to extra time? I would say comebacks. It's very close. They actually had six blown leads to get Love. to overtime and then five comebacks to get to overtime. So they've actually blown more leads than uh, than have mounted comebacks. This It's only one more. But in those six blown leads, they ended up still winning four of them. In the five comebacks, they won three of them. So they picked up an extra six points through those comebacks. And through the blown leads, they only lost two. So just some stats for you yeah it's not it's not good to hear that they've blown more leads than the comebacks so that that's the one thing that i think like ultimately i don't think it's that worrisome of a stat either way they're still winning games and when you look at the team and the last three games have all gone to extra time as, as well i mean you're looking at a squad that's pretty banged up too so you know you got to give them a little bit of slack but yes six times this team has blown a lead uh, and the opposition forced overtime. Granted, again, the Leafs won four of those six games, but you never want to see six blown leads in 22 games. And no. many of them, uh, actually, I, I literally wrote it down. 
How many of them were two goal? Uh, three. Okay, so there was a three goal lead they gave up against Calgary, mm-hmm. a two goal lead they gave up against Chicago. Minnesota, and Chicago too, and Chicago, a two goal lead that they gave up against Seattle, and uh, a two goal. No, then the rest were just one goal leads. Like one goal leads, I get it. Like one goal leads have it. the two, three goal leads. So four multi goal leads that they gave up and blow so far. And that's not, and that's nothing new, right? We've seen that in the past, and that's been prevalent with this team. They feel like they get comfortable with a two goal, multi goal lead, and it's like, it's eh, the killer allow- instinct, right? That, that's the killer instinct where it's like, come mm-hmm. on put them away let's shut it down you know if you're up four two keep it four two if you're up three one keep it three one make it four one and end the game there don't make it three three and then have to go to overtime and lose four three to chicago right that's that's where it, it's worrisome so because i think a lot of people have thrown out this stat but it's almost like empty calories unless you look into these games and that's why i decided to look into them right like of the 11 six of them were blown leads that they had they could have they would have locked it down they could have six additional wins right now they picked up four of those so it was only actually two points that they've left on the table in those blown leads but still it's it's the reason why they're sitting at five Mm -hmm. right all right good stuff um okay really quickly we got to do uh (laughs) if you want to save it for tomorrow our league-wide one i'll say this we talked about the Coyotes, and they were actually the my cosign no sign for the league one. So I'll ask you the question. We already talked about them. Are the cosign no sign the Coyotes are going to make the playoffs? Ooh, are going to make the playoffs? Okay, where are they at right now? I do need to know where they, they are stand. at the top of the wild card, first wild card in the West. They are two points out on third in the central mm, um 24 games that they've played here's my problem i i think they could be i think they could be they'll be in the mix but you know i i i still think edmonton like they're they're getting it going now they've won four in a row here i think that they're gonna go on a tear and, and i know there's a big gap right now between arizona and edmonton but I think Edmonton makes it in. Uh, I don't see any of the three teams that are currently leading these divisions um, falling out of the playoffs. Like I think Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg, Vancouver, uh, Vegas, and the Kings, I think they're all playoff teams, which means there's only the wild card spots available. And if I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Edmonton still gets themselves in there, now we're looking at Arizona, St. Louis, Nashville, Calgary, the Kraken, Minnesota, who's now won three in a row since the coaching change, uh, they're all fighting for kind of that final spot, in my opinion, maybe even the final two, I suppose, if we don't want to call Edmonton a, a lock. So based on the numbers, I, I'm i going to say no. I, I, I'm i going to say no. Uh, Michael Carcone will not have a 35% shooting percentage. Like he leads the team in goals right now. And they're getting unbelievable goaltending from this Connor Ingram guy. So I think that you're seeing some anomalies here, just really hot stretch of hockey. Um, ultimately, I think it'll come crashing down and the other teams will start to make up ground. And 
again, they'll be right into it. They're going to be a competitive team, and it's going to be a fun team to watch. But I think they end up just on the outside looking in, similarly to the way that Toronto did for for many, many years throughout mm-hmm. our, our teen years, Dave. Um, okay, really quickly then, we'll, we'll just throw this one out. The New Jersey Devils have been the biggest disappointment in the NHL this year. Co-sign. Mm. Like, and, and I kind of suspected that people were so high on them, and I said that goaltending still doesn't inspire confidence in me, and it's a big reason why that team has not been good. Obviously, injuries to Hughes, Hamilton, and there's another injury in there. Isher's sure. only played half the season. He sure as well. Like that's tough for any team to overcome, but that goaltending has always been an issue for me. And until they fix it, that team's going to continue to disappoint. Who, who do they fix it with is, is, is the question. Well, I mean, I would have thought that if Detroit wasn't playing so well, maybe one of those guys that could try to get out of there. Is like Huso try and grab Huso. Huso or Reimer. Cause I don't think Alex Lyon's going anywhere. He's actually playing well. And like if if new if Arizona wasn't playing well, Cliffmelka or Ingram being play, right? Try to get at, get assets for those guys. But yeah, no, New Jersey has uh, they, that issue's been there for a while, and I don't know where the I don't know where the solution is, but they got to find one. Maybe they figure out a way to get John Gibson out of Anaheim. Let Lucas Dostal kind of take over there with that young yeah. team. Anaheim, I think, would like it. Yeah, I mean they would have to eat money, I think, on that on that deal uh, at this oh. point. But I mean, it's it's a goalie. It's it's still a goalie uh, that I think would be better than. Uh, and I mean, they could probably just move out Banachek's money along with that deal. But mm-hmm. five six one at home is is a curious record for them. And, and you know, this is a team that was really good on home ice last year. So I would imagine going forward, they probably will start to win some more games on home ice. Uh, they're not too far out of a playoff spot. They're currently four games out of a playoff spot, but they have four games in hand on Tampa, who currently has the second wild card spot. So in terms of points percentage, they're actually ahead of Tampa Bay. Um, but you know, right now they they sit just four points out of a playoff spot. I think they'll be fine, but yeah, they've definitely been a big time disappointment. Uh, certainly if they can get a goaltender, I think they'll be in, in a much, much better situation going forward. All right. Uh, good stuff, Dave. Lots of fun. We haven't played Cosine No Sign in a few weeks. So it's nice to, you know, kind of dust it off and bring it back up as the Leafs are, you know, on a little bit of a layoff here, not playing till Thursday. So it's good to kind of just get some general hockey chat in here. Uh, but that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast. Uh, on all podcasting platforms and also up on YouTube and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on X at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti and follow the show as well at Locked on Leafs. Go ahead, leave a like if you enjoyed this video. Uh, Also a comment down below uh, if you're watching or listening on YouTube. And we'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.